Hello, personal productivity enthusiasts and community. Welcome to Anything But Idle, the productivity news podcast. I'm Ray Sidney Smith. And I'm Augusto Pinot. And we're your hosts for Anything But Idle. This is episode 88, and this is our commentary episode, our special episode regarding the Apple Unleashed event that happened a few days ago. So each week, of course, we read and review and discuss the productivity and technology news headlines of the week. But when major productivity and related technology events happen, and it seems that they happened quite frequently this week, uh, we bring you these special commentary episodes to give you the latest on, latest on what's happening out there in that world. Today, we've got two special guests for the special commentary episode. Our first guest is Michael Slowinski. He's the uh, CEO of Nosby. Uh, Mike is a, Michael is a productivity guy. He's the he's, he's a founder of this software company where they have two productivity apps. One is Nosby Teams, an uber functional to-do app for small and medium teams, and then Nosby, a project management and collaboration tool for busy professionals. Both Nosby Teams and Nosby are web-based tools with apps for all the major platforms. Michael is also a speaker. He's the author of a few best-selling books and a podcaster and a blogger. He is happily married to his wife, Evelina, and they have three daughters. Welcome to the show. Back to the show, uh, Michael. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me. Of course. And uh, next up, we have Art Gelwicks. He's a productivity and collaboration consultant. He's a blogger at The Idea Pump, and he's the host of the Being Productive podcast. He's no stranger to this show, and he is also on the cross-platform podcast with Augusto. And of course, he joins us on Productivity Cast each week. Welcome to Anything But Idle Art. Morning, guys. How you guys doing? Good, good, good. All kinds of fun today. It's a full house. So let's get into the Apple event. What happened at the Apple event? What did you appreciate? We started off with the Apple Music and at the Apple AirPods announcements. I suppose let's start there chronologically. What was notable about the announcement of the new Apple Music plans, certainly the voice plan and otherwise? Michael, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, so... Um... I don't know about this voice plan because I don't trust Siri when I tell her to play me something. <laughs> um, but I mean, it sometimes works. Uh, so uh, I wouldn't choose that plan. Uh, I still appreciate the normal interface. Um, my daughters are more, you know, they, 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 they do it better. They, they know how to ask Siri for the music that they want. But for me, I prefer the visual, you know, option to choose, you know, music that I play. Um, so uh, that's great. And uh, the AirPods uh, 3, I think, uh, brilliant. Uh, I don't know why they still keep the, I mean, I know for pricing reasons, they still keep the old ones. But um, AirPods come just in time for me, actually for my mom, because her AirPods just died. So <laughs> so I think it was very, very nicely timed, planned, obsolescence. Uh, but uh, apart from that, I think, you know, uh, good improvements. Uh, everywhere, uh, uh, also with colorful um, uh, HomePods. I wish they had a purple home, HomePods edition because this is my color of choice. But anyway, uh, good start, uh, but I was waiting for the Max anyway. So um, I think what they did was bring Apple Music even to more people. They keep their individual at 11 bucks, the family and whatever. And now you can have this even more basic level. Uh, so I think that was a good move, you know, they keep a lot of the people whom five bucks is a price that is you as a parent decide not to pay for your kids' iPhones. Most kids may be able to afford. So they will now be able to sign up into Apple Music that most likely 
will make them a customer for the really long time. So I think that was good. I love the colors, but as I was sharing the pre-show, as I was watching the event at night, my kids were playing around, and or my kid was my son was playing around, and he was really loud. And at the moment I say, you know, really, it's the AirPods, my favorite speakers that Apple produced, because it's the one that I enjoy consistently. So I already ordered them. Uh, I'm allergic to the silicone, so I never got into the AirPod Pro because of that. So I'm really looking forward to this ones and see what what improve uh, sound wise. But that will not happen, sadly, until next Tuesday, I think. So now the the lineup is their AirPods second generation at $129 USD. Mm-hmm. Then they have AirPods third generation at $179 USD. Then you have the AirPods Pro at 249 USD, and then you can go max with the AirPods Max at 549 USD. Is is, is that the complete lineup now? That is correct. Yeah. I thought it was interesting the way they have those AirPods positioned, though, because at the price point, I believe they're $50 more than the lowest end. But you can see the physical design change when you see a shot of the three of them lined up. Um, there's actually an architectural change for when you put it into your ears. So if you would normally buy the the Pods 2, I'll use that as the name, uh, but you don't particularly care for that feel, you could step up to the 3 without having to go all the way up to those silicone earpieces and still get some of the benefits of the of the Pros in the 3s. So they've placed it wedged nicely in between those two. So I thought that was kind of interesting. The the Apple Music for $5 that's that's an easy target. The because it is limited to Apple devices only, it's a plan that that's it. You're stuck with it. I think you're absolutely right, Augusto. It is a gateway. <laughs> it's a gateway drug for Apple Music. The you know we want to get people. They want to get people into it, using it, and then let them upgrade later on. So when you get a phone, if that's your primary thing, fine. For five dollars a month, now you have Apple Music. So yeah, even now, if you fly in American Airlines, American Airlines—I don't know the other airlines, but I know American—you can get into their free in-flight just to listen to Apple Music. Hmm. Any American flight who has in in-flight Wi-Fi, you will be able to log in into there and then access to Apple Music for free during your flight. So, I didn't, so, go ahead, so I, I, go ahead, Michael. I, I, yeah, I never, I never, for example, like because because I think what they don't want to do is this free Spotify plan because Spotify has the free plan and they don't want to do that because Apple, mm-hmm. you know, services, services, revenue, so they don't want to do a free plan. And um, and but for me, for example, the Spotify like that I that I got uh, when I was in a hotel room or somewhere else was just annoying with ads, so like I couldn't listen to it anyway. So I think uh, I think it's a good. It's uh, like you're, you're right, guys. I think it's a good entry level so that you know you don't have ads. It doesn't cost lots of money, and you get used to uh, asking for any music you want. Our daughters are around the same age, or the same age actually. Yeah. Uh, if your daughter comes to you and you are not an Apple Music subscriber and said, "Hey, Dad, I want to get this. It's five bucks. What I can do every month so you pay the five bucks for me?" You will do it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, if, if I were out in, in the spaceship, I would be recommending, recommending they bundle the AirPods 3 with that six months of that voice plan as a holiday purchase. To me, that's, that's a natural connection then. You know, anybody who doesn't have those, you pick that up, you're built into the ecosystem now, you get your playlist set up, and that's pretty much the lock-in on any, any music service. Yeah. So to me, yeah, totally. I, it, it makes sense. I just want to I want to explain this for folks who are listening that you know you have this new voice plan in, in Apple Music and as Michael noted a little earlier right this is a one person plan uh, Siri on Apple devices and then you get songs playlists and stations on any of your Apple devices and then you go up to the the existing these are already existing plans the individual and family plans correct correct yeah so then one person for the individual plan and you know some additional little benefits there and any Apple Plus supported devices and the family plan as it stood before. So now they have three plans and it's just more choice, I suppose, for those individuals who are looking for something that's not quite the individual plan. I mean, it's half the price, uh, but you also are limited to Apple devices only can, you know, provide some level of lock-in. All right, so from the Apple Music to the AirPods uh, third generation announcement, we move on to the, the kind of the main pieces of the show, which are the MacBook Pro, uh, you know, lineup, the, the 14 and 16 inches, right? Do we want to go there? I Augusto, guess. you're you're the Apple guy. I'm, 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 taking, I, your, I'm taking your lead here, dude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yes. <laughs> so let me begin saying that I did not expect what we got. Yeah, I was suspecting they were going to show, but I didn't expect that they were going to really show off their silicon, that they were going to really say, okay, let us give you a taste of what we can really do and what we're bringing to plan. Because the difference between the old MacBooks and the new ones are simply incredible. Actually, I had a couple of friends and clients who called me and they were asking for the upgrade, and I and I've been telling them, hold off, hold off if you can, hold off if you can. So when this was announced, what they just say, go and buy whatever you buy. You can, you can go wrong with neither of those chipsets. In the case of the two people I was assisting, you really, they really make now a machine that is a laptop power. It's a laptop that is more powerful than most desktops that people have right now. And it's light, it's fast. I don't know. It was incredible. I'm still digesting and kind of speechless with what we saw. It, it was really impressive hardware. I mean, they, they showed us already with M1 uh, that it's just freaking fast. You know the 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 many people who had who used to have really powerful desktops would just switch to the M1 MacBook Air because mm -hmm. it was so fast already. So it's kind of you know it's like I even feel kind of sorry for Intel right now because <laughs> because <laughs> with the M1 they they got they got really a, a big kick in the um, rear and then with this M1 Pro and one M1 Max so with really like stepping it up. Uh, Intel is completely dead. Like this is really, really bad for Intel because like already these M1s were so fast and I have the M1 MacBook, uh, iPad Pro and of course it's just 
freaking fast. Uh, but um, but you can you could feel it like when uh, so my developer, for example, he was uh, uh, one of my lead developers. He had a 16-inch MacBook Pro from Intel, and he didn't want to buy the M1 laptop because he knew that, that something like this was coming, that the, the, the big ones were coming. So what I did is I bought a MacBook Air for him and rented it for, to him, like gave it, gave it to him for now and told him that it's going to be for my daughter eventually. But I'm, going, I'm giving you this now because on this fanless M1 MacBook Air, his compile times for our Nosby app were so much faster than on the Intel 16-inch MacBook Pro that he just, you know, he just didn't want to, use that anymore you know so I, I so i bought the macbook air only for him for a half a year because i knew that now and and, and that's what's coming he's going to upgrade to the you know 16 or 14 inch macbook pro uh, but but already the m1 was so fast so now with this like it's it's just amazing what they did yeah they've they've definitely thrown the gauntlet down it was interesting i i caught a little bit yesterday uh, the Intel head was trying to imply that maybe someday in the future Apple will come back. I I agree with you completely, Michael. I, if I if I was investing in Apple or in Intel for Apple, no, I need to find something else because Apple has clearly stated yes, this is what we will be doing from now on. We will building our be building our new hardware, and we can do it. And just the fact that Apple spent so much time walking through the chip design configurations, yeah. the assembly process, the GPU configuration. I mean, there was no question they were targeting that at the high-end hardware people who were going to make the buying decisions. This was not a demonstration of pretty colored HomePods. This was, we have big iron, we have fast cars, and we've got an engine in them now. You want to buy this stuff. I'll be very curious to see when creators and developers and all get their hands on this hardware and really start to put it through its paces, how well it actually does. This, I'll admit, I'm not an Apple guy, and this is the first time I've been seriously impressed by Apple laptop hardware in a long, long time. That is all my bad influence. This is, that's the reason you need to stop playing with me in this <laughs> Well, you know, it's only to, but they've also done some smart things in my book. I mean, the first thing I saw when I looked through this was this is kind of back to the future. They got rid of some things, some decisions that they have made over the years that they recognized did not contribute to power users. They they got rid of some of the gimmicks, like I believe the Touch ID bar is gone now. Yeah, um, the, the the Touch bar is gone. Yeah, yes. the the mm -hmm. Touch bar. That's that's one of those things. It's like if. Apple willing to admit to say, yeah, we don't need that, even though we pushed it so hard, is a big step for them. It's a big change. And I can see true Apple loyalists kind of cringing at that a little bit. But it's a realistic move to make. If they want to play in this big iron space, then they have to meet those developers and those power users where they want to be. And every indication I've seen has said that they took time to listen to those people and redesign their hardware accordingly. 
Yeah, they've because been it, through this before. So, I mean, it, they've learned their lessons from this change that they've done in the past. I mean, you know, when they were when they made that initial change in chips, they they suffered for it. And and in this particular case, they know they learned from that mistake and they they've really done well to speak to their audience in a way that lets them know that they are prepared to make this change and that they're committed to it. Michael? Yeah, so there, there, so, so there are two things that, that, that people are, are not confused. First change is the, their Apple Silicon, so the M1 Pro and M1 Max, which is basically out Inteling Intel. So they, they, they managed to do that. And then the second part is admitting their mistakes and really bringing back ports, the Exodus, the famous Exodus from Dongletown, you know, and then uh, finally we get to, like, they actually bragged on that, that you can connect to so many screens and the camera and this and this and still charge the thing without any single dongle, which is brilliant. So uh, so that was that was really like admitting that, you know, they, they, they should really, as, as Art said, listen to the pros, listen to people who are actually using these machines. And for me, especially the HDMI port, I don't like HDMI, HDMI port. I think it's too big, too clunky, mm -hmm. but it's a standard. So uh, like... I know that whenever I'm traveling, I need to have my um, um, HDMI uh, uh, USB-C dongle to be able to connect my iPad to an external screen in the hotel room or uh, to the external projector. And uh, with that, if you have a Mac, you, you don't need any dongle. You just connect directly, which is just glorious. So yeah. there are two things for me, the dongles. That is... Annoying. I don't care if it's the Mac or the iPad. It is annoying that I have all these dongles. So I think, yeah, great. Bring the Pro, remove that, and give the people all those. And two, as you said, they took the bar out. That it was like an idea. Didn't work. Fine. Finally kill it. But third, and more importantly, that I never understood why they killed in the first place, they bring MagSafe back. Yes. Because I remember in my days of working on offices, you know, those PC laptops flying, okay, because somebody kicked the cable and the thing moving. And my Mac was like, oh, yeah, you disconnected. That's fine. That's a MagSafe, what it works for. And I don't know why they stopped putting the MagSafe for a while, but I'm really, really glad that it's back because I know for me, that MagSafe has saved my computer from falling out of that desk more than once. Yeah, the the elimination of the dongles on the desktop unit or on the laptop units to me just makes logical sense. You have the physical real estate available on those devices to take advantage of making those ports mm -hmm. accessible. When you have something like a high-end iPad, you are optimizing for weight and size and configuration. So some of that stuff has to be moved off the device. I get that. When your design motif pushes you into a space of saying, well, everything's going to be minimal, minimalized, then you sacrifice things. And again, I think this is one of the things that Apple is demonstrating with the release of these devices is that they're not willing to sacrifice things for this audience anymore. They're, they're listening to them. They're saying, look, you guys want ports? Fine. We'll give you ports. We'll give you... They're willing to concede some of these things to be able to get these devices in people's hands. As for the silicon aspect and the M1 devices or the M1 processors, I think this is a really good thing for Apple. The only thing that sticks out in the back of my mind and that worries me currently is 
can they make enough of them? Can that can their supply chain hold up to what could be potential demand on this? Uh, and I'll say that for a couple of them. I mean, Google had their announcements with their chips and things like that. I worry about those supply chain issues right now. And having a lot of demand is great. In the Apple space, there is some familiarity with wanting something and not being able to get it right away. You know, having that waiting list mindset. That's not as unpalatable to the Apple audience. But are they going to be able to produce at the levels they're going to need to? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we had this thing already with, um, you know, with the uh, uh, launch date of the iPhone, that uh, unless you manage to be on the, on the, you know, uh, launch day, so just to order right away and uh, like pre-order right away and uh, get the launch day, uh, then um, then you would have to wait another four weeks, mm -hmm. <laughs> basically. So it's like it's either this or four weeks later. And um, uh, I know because I, I did get my iPhone uh, on the on the launch day, but uh, like when we ordered a, a phone for one of my um, uh, team members, uh, they had to wait, I think, three weeks more. To get to get their, their stuff so it's and now it's five, four to five weeks so it's really that the supply chain is is uh, issue is is still there um you know i think in with the with the macbook pros uh, the, the, the like the impression i had from uh, from my team my team was waiting for these laptops but um the prices are pretty high like on a, a, a for for these and of course um um like when you start configuring them, you want to have better and better and better specs. Which uh, for for and for each upgrade, um, Apple charges you know a few hundred bucks. So uh, what I what I heard from my team, and I was because I was afraid that everybody was is gonna you know order once. Uh, but uh, uh, on my team, what happened is that they were like, oh, "We'll wait. Oh, maybe I'll order." So they're like, you know, the the price differentiator here uh, is kind of a, also a stopper, like still. Because also people don't know if they should go with the base M1 Pro um, chip or they should go with the M1 Max, you know, fully 64 gigabytes of RAM thing. You know, they, they don't know that yet. So uh, I think everyone's waiting for, um, for the tests, for the reviews, mm -hmm. uh, for all that stuff to be able to make a decision uh, if and whether and which uh, of these MacBooks to buy. Now, yeah, so, so hold on a second. Hold on a second. Ahead. I just want to go, go for folks who are listening to know what chips we're talking about. So Apple has identified the M1 Pro and the M1 Max. And this is in addition to the lineup of the M1s proper. So we have M1, M1 Pro, and M1 Max. The M1 Pro is a, a 32 gigabyte, 10 core, and 16 core CPU. The uh, the M1 Max, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm reading off of here my notes. So we have a 64 uh, gigabyte memory, 10 core and 32 core GPU. Now the MacBook Pro 14 and 16 can both come in different configurations with both Pro and Max chips. So you can you can basically yeah, level up. The pro the pro processor, uh, uh, I mean, the, they 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 go the goes up to thirty two gigabytes, so it can also be configured with sixteen gigabytes as a base model, and then the max uh, can uh, max at sixty four gigabytes of RAM. So right. that's that's exactly. the, the main difference between these two processors. Plus, uh, they have more cores and stuff, especially GPU cores. And also, right. there are several levels of GPU cores. How many GPU cores do you want to have? It depends on how much graphic intensive your work is. 
Right. So, let's, so up let's to thirty-two, for... up to thirty-two on the on the uh, Pro or Max for the fourteen-inch, and then on the the sixteen-inch model, you can go up to sixty-four. Right, and both can go up to eight terabytes of SSD storage. Uh, no, uh, so to correct you, right? Uh, uh, what they did is they they actually let you configure the same way both fourteen-inch and sixteen-inch. There is, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, you can get the same uh, fully blown processor uh, and RAM on both of these. So basically what they did is they pulled the same thing as they did with the iPhone. iPhone Pro and iPhone Pro Max can be specced the same. They have the same lenses, the same everything, but you just get, choose the size. And this is what also they did with the MacBook Pros. Uh, you can have um, all processors on both uh, lines. You just, it just, you just choose your size. Do you want a smaller one oh, okay. or a bigger one? Yeah, it's it's really interesting, Michael, because you're absolutely right on that. The way they with they structured this is, if you need something big, that's going to live on your desktop primarily, you can get that configured. The only real differences I'm seeing between the 14 and the 16s are uh, battery life a bit, yeah, because of you know sure phys- you know you've got sure physical size 70 watt hours versus 100 watt hours. Uh, aside from that, I mean, there's they're pretty much identical. Yeah, it just depends on whether it's going to fit in your bag or not. Um, yeah, it's it depends on the on the weight and on the you know screen size that you need. Yeah, and and the pricing configuration. Still, it's not that not that far off. I mean, if I look at a high end MacBook, fourteen inch MacBook Pro, versus a high end Mac sixteen inch MacBook Pro. Yeah, it's a I'm only talking difference. a yeah a difference of about six hundred bucks between the two, and and <laughs> at that point you're talking couch change there. So. I think they're doing a, a smart move with this. Honestly, it feels like they just released one device, just two different screens on it. Mm-hmm. But they're they're running. I mean, those are impressive screens to say, you know, no question about it. They're running the Retina displays. They're running 120 hertz ProMotion displays, um, backlit LEDs, True Tone with uh, P3 wide color. I mean, they've got beautiful. Oh, <laughs> here's the one thing that I have heard a little bit of pushback. They have a notch. They have a notch at the top for the webcam. Yes. So, but you get a 1080 camera for the first time. Okay, cameras, front cameras for the MacBooks has been, let's call it not great. Okay, <laughs> not to call so so we don't get the explicit, the explicit label in the yeah they were awful the yeah they were awful Michael's word is correct they were awful uh, awful, I mean, I, awful. I, I, yes they've been awful what happened is in, Michael's English is better than mine so they were <laughs> awful now they give us a really great camera they I mean they really did an incredible device I I I don't know. The the only thing now is, do I want a laptop or or not? But I think for the people who were complaining, well, you know, they're they're expensive. Yeah, they're expensive. But now you are getting something that will really be incredible to run. Yeah, it it would be interesting if I was building a creator's say home office. Either one of these machines, I wouldn't hesitate. It could be the center of an entire home office environment, uh, especially driving multiple displays because the specs for running two, I think it's two 4K displays plus the the main display on that on that device is pretty impressive. 
you can run parallels on it. You can run everything else. So this, this, these are work machines. I mean, these are definitely designed to be serious work machines and which is a little different. And I'll, I'll go off on a tangent here a little bit. When you look at competing machines that are in this really high end space that are often executive machines for lack of a better term, they're, they're showcase machines. They have all kinds of crazy power, but they're not really targeted at specific audiences. I think Apple is looking at these devices going, you know what? These these are for our true power users. We're not even going to bother trying to sell them to anybody else. If somebody has the cash and they can come up and buy it, great, but they're not going to go through the effort. The people who want these and can get the most out of them know they can. And they're the ones they're going to be talking to anyway. So from a peripheral perspective, there are... And, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but there are three Thunderbolt 4 ports, HDMI, an SD card slot, and then the MagSafe connectivity, the charger uh, port. So we've got pretty, you know, pretty good number of ports there for these MacBook Pros. I'm really pleased with that. And Finally. Yeah, I know. And and, and looking, at the, looking at the specs, it's certainly a laptop that could become a main driver for, mm-hmm. you know, certainly for me. Uh, so well, I think that that's a, a good point there. And the fact that with the M1 Pro, you can run two monitors, but it's, you know, standard for good for, for, but with the Max, now you can run three monitors and a TV all at the same time. I mean, that make it for a super powerful. And just so people driver. are clear, you mean the M1 Max, not just Max generally. Uh Yes. For the M1 Max chip, you can now run up to four monitors, which is just remarkable. I think that's great. Yes. Yeah. So now, just to throw it out there, uh, these did get a little bit chunkier. I mean, the the MacBook Pro 13 inch from 2020 was about three pounds. The 14 inch now is three and a half pounds, and the 16 inch MacBook Pro is 4.7 pounds. So, on, the four of us here carry 30-pound devices that I'm could not, not I'm load not saying Windows that's a terrible thing. Enough. I'm just saying that they've gotten, they picked up a little weight, which means that they've invested, I believe, primarily in the battery capacity. Uh, but it is, it is a thing. I just want to throw those little numbers out there. So Yeah, but uh, what was really like, important is that uh, they really... Like a few years back, they really prioritized thinness above everything. Mm-hmm. It has to be thin, Johnny Ive thin. Uh, yeah. So that was the the main driver, the main goal. And and now they understood that you know these these are pro machines. The thin one, MacBook Air, keeps on being thin and light, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope they will, will actually improve it and make it even thinner and lighter and and and, and better with the redesign next year. Um, but uh, these are pro machines. They like pros don't prioritize thinness, but they are still much thinner than, as you said, Art. The comparing, uh, you know, Intel beasts um, uh, for these kind of pros because they're, they're comparing, like you know, when you get to um, Alienware and all this, all these other, you know, specialty brands which they have like super powerful laptops. They are just really huge, among us, and 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 then compared to that, these MacBook Pros are really, you know, supermodels. I'm, yeah, I'm under 17 millimeters uh, for the the 16 inch model, and then uh, 15.5 millimeters for the for the 14 inch. So yeah, these are really you know they're they're small for what they're doing. I gotta say I'm impressed. Both the units support fast charging, which allegedly gives you 50 percent battery in 30 minutes. Which wow. for for the 16 inch 
again that's a that's a big machine but that 14 if you're if you're squeezed for battery power if you know that in 30 minutes you can be at 50 percent again that's phone level stuff i mean that's really what what we're talking about there I, and I, and Apple's learning from their phones, right? They're learning yeah. how to use this technology in smaller and smaller form factors. So it's it's working it across makes all a lot the of vendors. Sense. Yeah, yeah. All, yeah, all the companies are doing that. Uh, the other thing I am anxiously awaiting, I just want to see what they do with this in the desktop. When they have no mobile constraints put on them, I, I saw one brief posting about potential of the next, I guess it's the iMac. I don't know the names. Yeah. Um, I'm very curious to see how much they can really do with this. So. Yeah, I think they'll go with the with the same kind of, you know, naming scheme. So mm -hmm. they have the iMac, which is the 24.5 inch, the one that they are saying right now, which is really beautiful. And then next year they will announce the iMac Pro. And this will be the one with these processors. And it's going to be just Correct. freaking fast. It just makes me want to hold out for that one now, but I can't. I can't wait any longer. No, 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 I've, got no, no. A, I've got an aging. I've got an aging only. MacBook. I, I need to change out. So I think this is gonna this is gonna twist my arm towards one of these, most likely the 14 or 16 inch, uh, you know, here because I I think that the uh, 16 inch is a is a big screen, but I'm not really moving around all that much, you know. And if I do need to go on the road again, uh, it'll be fine. I'm I'm not worried about carrying around a 16 inch you know, laptop. That's not, well, I've done it in the past. I'll do it in the future. <laughs> It'll be it fine. It seems, it seems to be a logical connection. If you're, if you're getting something like this 16 inch, um, set up and you've got this big iron setup, adding to it, the 12 inch iPad pro is a logical connection in, in my book. Cause now you've, you've said, look, I'm willing to have something that's four and a half pounds that I'll throw in a bag when I need it. But when I need to be mobile, I have this tablet configuration and platform that can provide me the functionality I need. It's the ecosystem. And it's just, it's finally getting back to that upper end of the ecosystem to say, I, if I'm bought in on Apple, I don't have to buy a different device. I don't have to go buy an Intel machine or anything like that because everything I need, you know, soup to nuts is available with that little Apple sticker on it. So just to give you, um, uh, just to give uh, two points of criticism, because like we have to figure something out to be critical about it, because really these laptops are glorious. Um, I'm being good. I'm being good. I'm being nice. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but there are two things that my iPad Pro is much superior to these devices still, and the first one being cellular connection. I have five G, five G. 5G, mm -hmm. so okay. I'm on the line all the time, <laughs> and then uh, Face ID. My iPad knows me. <laughs> That's I'm kind of surprised that they don't have Face ID in these since they've added that new webcam. Right. I mean, they well, they they have the whole housing, but I think the face. The, what I'm afraid of is that the Face ID stuff would be just too thick for them. And they didn't want to sacrifice the thickness of the screen, I think. Yeah, that and speed. I, I read it's a matter of speed. They wanted the, the machine to give the impression that you are on in seconds, on milliseconds. And the face ID takes much longer than that, that to, to authenticate. But you made a good point with the iPad Pro because I have an aging MacBook Air that will need to be upgraded soon, eventually. And... I don't connect to that. 
okay when i need to do something on that machine and that means i need to open that parallels thing to connect into a windows machine so it's a painful experience in general i don't do it in that thing i go into my ipad open jump pc and do what i'm going to do and i'm out that said i look into these laptops and say oh i can put it in there leave it in there and now continue doing it for for my ipad and that's something that i've been teaching people you know well you can get the machine but continue carrying especially people i have worked in the past who love the ipad and don't want to leave the ipad necessarily even for the power because they need it for two or three things well do it this way so you log in remotely into your macbook from the ipad do what you're going to do now with the magic keyboard and the mouse really you will not see much difference between being or not being in the mac even with 5g the connection is fast enough now that you can work all real time so that may be an option to for for people who wants to travel mm -hmm. get the 16 inches for when you are on that desk and carry the ipad the rest of the time did anybody have any thoughts on on the the spatial audio features that they talked about any there in terms of I, I didn't really pick up anything in terms of things that jumped out to me in terms of the audio dolby atmos is the basis of it i i understand the premise of it i like the idea there's other headphone manufacturers that have provided that kind of functionality i did like and it was almost a throwaway line that they put in there that it has head tracking included in the airpod 3s which for anybody who's not familiar with it if you have let's say you're listening to classical music that's being produced in a concert hall uh when you're playing it, it sounds like everything, you know, the horns are on one side, clarinets are on the other. As you move your head, the audio tracks so that it sounds like you've actually moved your head within that space, even though the earbuds are moving with you. For a true audiophile, it's a wonderful thing. I mean, it's, it's a neat experience. If you're not expecting it, it can be a little off-putting initially. But I don't know that that's necessarily uh, something that would compel somebody to buy that particular device. It's a nice feature. I think it's a carry down from the pros. I'm not sure, but spatial audio and, and that Dolby Atmos support definitely demonstrates to me that it's not the low end gen two AirPods. It's supposed to be, you know, you're get, this is what you're getting for your extra 50 bucks. Yeah, well, and when when you're watching movies again with your my favorite speakers, and so the, the AirPods again, okay, that it makes a difference when you when you move and you see the explosions and you get a much better experience when you are watching a movie. Uh, if you have that, I, I agree. When you are losing music concert halls and you move, it is incredible. It was so funny when I heard it the first time. I was um, I was watching a YouTube video and then I had my AirPods Pro uh, uh, Pros in my in my ears and I just turned around to to fetch something and then the thing just moved with me. Like the, the, I was like, what did just happen? <laughs> I, I, did, I, I didn't expect the the you know the the, the sounds to, to to change just because I turned my head around, right? But it was just you know included in there already and, and enabled by default. And I was just uh, stunned by like, like as, so as you said, Art, I was just um, kind of you know, put off. I was like, what is this? <laughs> but then I realized like what they're doing. I, had, I do like the fact that on the threes, they did not put silicone tips on them. 
And just because I know a lot of people thank are not, you, thank you, thank you. They're not fans of them. I'm okay with them, but even the earbuds I use now don't have tips on them. They're just you know regular bud style eardrums or earpods. That compromise of willing to produce higher quality audio without having that additional piece that just makes some people uncomfortable and adhering to that, I think again is one of those worthy concessions that Apple is making to their audience to say, our iPods were really popular in this shape. Our iPod Pros are really powerful. How do we get halfway? And and I see that here. I'm also seeing that with the Apple Music service. I'm seeing that on the, the Pros themselves and their entire line. Augusto, you and I have talked about this a couple times, kicking back and forth on cross-platform about Apple and, and the lack of magic in their latest events and recent events. This event... This was mag- full of yeah. magic. This is... Yeah. I was waiting for the and one more thing <laughs> moment out of it. So, And apparently the one more thing is the $19 screen wipe cart, or cloth. So. Apple cloth already back yeah. ordered until December. So if you want to order now, you have to wait for your Apple cloth. Guys, guys. Two months. <laughs> I try so hard to not pick on them. And then they do things like this. So. <laughs> I did like the Apple HomePod minis coming in in a couple more colors. They had they have white and space gray. And now they have the yellow, orange, and blue colors. This I thought is... that was really nice because you have to put these things in visual spaces in your home. And, yeah. you know, like... You want you want them to match. You want them to be able to to blend into the environment. So it's nice that they get, they brought more colors. This is something I'm seeing across all of the manufacturers currently. Uh, you can look at if you look at all their announcements and they're all their all their product releases. Individualization, customization, and personalization is basically the wherewithal of all these devices right now. Every manufacturer is offering variety of color, vi- variety of configuration. It's just one of those things that I think it's about time. We're not dealing with black slabs of glass anymore and gray fuzzy speakers anymore. It yeah, that's has why to they, be integrated. Go ahead. That's why the MacBook Pros right now they come in gray or dark gray. <laughs> <laughs> you think that'll ever uh, but change? You can get, no, but you can get them. You so. can get them skinned at that at that high end point. There are third party manufacturers who provide skins and covers and those kinds of things for them. So, you know, again, I've done the same thing with my own MacBook. You know, I have a skin on it so that it has different, it has a personalized, you know, feel to it in that perspective. So I think at that higher end, it's not particularly an issue, but I do like the fact that they're providing, certainly for a home device, right? It is a a smart home device, uh, these smart speakers. And so you want want those things to blend into the environment. And so, but but I do agree with you, Art, that, but now all of the OEMs need to start thinking about how they're actually products and making them. It's kind of like IKEA concept, which is once you build your own furniture, you feel more wedded to it. In essence, once you have customized a piece of technology, you feel more wedded to the brand for for having it, and so that becomes just more brand loyalty for Apple. Which you know, one would presume they don't really need more of that, but you know, it's good for them to be thinking thinking that through. Any, any final thoughts before we wrap up this episode, Michael? Yeah, so uh, I'm right now torn between... Like, so I'm not getting these MacBook Pros. Uh, people on my team will be getting them, surely. Um, I don't need them. I have my iPad Pro. But 
right now I'm kind of torn because on one hand I would want to or to change my old iMac to the colorful iMac that M1 iMac, but the problem is that the iMac Pro next year might be really really cool and really powerful. So I don't know what to do, but then then again, well, it's a nice problem to have. <laughs> indeed, That's very true. indeed. All right, gentlemen, this has been a pleasure. And so let's start with you, Art. Art, where can folks keep up to date with you and what you're there in the world? Best place to find me is come over to the Idea Pump. Uh, check out Idea Pump slash follow me. If I'm writing, if I'm podcasting, if I'm posting, you'll find it there. Fantastic. Thanks always for joining us on the show, Art. My pleasure. And Michael, where can folks keep up to date with you and what you're doing out there in the world? So just go to nosby.com or michael.team uh, and uh, uh, yeah, or stevinsky.com, uh, but then you will be right to my, michael.team anyway. Uh, so uh, yeah, just these two websites. Uh, uh, you can find me there, uh, all my writing and all my stuff. And then you can find me on social media. So michael.team and nosby.com. And I'll make sure to update that for the next show. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Always wonderful to have you here on Anything But Thank Pedal, you so Michael. Much. Thanks. All right, gentlemen, thank you, Augusto, for putting together the show. And there is two again. Yes, this exactly. This is a scary moment of him. I got to Christy. <laughs> All right, we'll be doing a couple more shows uh, for the, the other events, both the Samsung and the Google Pixel event, the Pixel Fall uh, launch event as well. So you'll be hearing uh, from us in the podcast feed uh, quite a few times this week. But either way, uh, if you wanted to add any additional commentary to the show, feel free to head over to anythingbutidle.com forward slash 088. Our episode page where you can go ahead and uh, you know add thoughts, join in the conversation. Uh, but otherwise, uh, that brings us to the end of this episode. And here's to life. Take care, everybody. <laughs>